This is the Henry's Child Podcast. Am I crazy or am I just raving? Episode 1, Frozen Moments from the Reunion Show. Welcome to the first Henry's Child Podcast. Number one. I'm Tom and I'm sitting here with Andrew. Hello. And today we wanted to very quickly give an update about what Henry's Child has been up to. And we wanted to give our reunion backstory. And the reason that we wanted to give our reunion backstory is because that seems to be one of the consistent questions that folks on Facebook have been asking about. I have questions about that myself, Tom. I, I'm, I'm sure you do. <laughs> Anybody who has been paying attention on Facebook or YouTube knows that we have been hard at work on a new record. And the great news about the new record is that it's got a new drummer, Toby Lugo. He's a stud. On the drums. Toby Lugo is awesome. He's a fabulous, fantastic drummer. And, and a really good guy. We're really blessed to have him. And Toby has actually completed the tracks of the new songs, and I have completed the bass. So we are on to Quinn Cardwell on guitar. And rest assured, Rich Clinton is still in the band, very much so. <laughs> yeah. And Andrew's going to actually explain who Quinn is, yeah. because Quinn entered our lives in the time, sort of around the time that we had started the reunion and had got back together as Henry's Child. But before we get into our story, I wanted to very quickly clear the air about the drummer situation, because folks have been asking about that as well, and I just wanted to go ahead and kind of set the record straight. Uh, the reality, so what is so, is that Doug Kramer left the band in March 2017. We didn't fire him. He quit. He quit. And while it wasn't a surprise, it certainly did catch us off guard. And being caught off guard is never a fun thing. <laughs> it uh, set us back a few months, and we have not been playing out as much as we'd like to. But because we decided to take on this new record, that's really kind of where we're at. Suffice to say, Doug is going to be much happier simply not being in our bands. Indeed. Which leads us to the Facebook question. Andrew, how and why did Henry's Child get back together after not playing a show in this incarnation for over 17 years? Man, 17 years. You make it sound like a long time, Tom. <laughs> well, I can make it sound longer and remind you that April of... Of 1997 was when Clearly Confused wow. was released. So yeah, that truly. was 20 years ago now. Oh, God. All right. Um, the story begins uh, really with Rich and his good friend Tom driving down to California. So Rich and I had been playing music together. We'd gotten back together and done a studio band where we created a few songs. And they're good. And then we worked on an acoustic project, uh, Memory of Green with Dale, the amazing cellist Dale Bradley. Wrote a bunch of songs for that, played a bunch of shows, had a really great time. But that that kind of disintegrated as projects do over time, commitments and all that. So he's driving down to California with you, Tom, and he had just acquired the new Soundgarden album, King Animal. It was 2012. And he calls me up and says, hey, Andrew, need to get this album. I, I did. I trust Rich's musical judgment and his instincts. He often knows what I'm going to like and not going to like. He often knows the connection I'm going to have with music. It doesn't always work, but it works a lot. So I always listen. And I listened to the album, called him back and said, yeah, it's great. Thanks. And he goes, yeah, you know, uh, 
we could play heavy music. And that took me back. The reason is I had it that we were too old to play heavy music, that that, right. was, that was for the kids, mm-hmm. right? That's didn't feel that aggression, that necessary aggression to play that kind of music anymore. And maybe these, these old bones were a bit too brittle. After listening to that album, though, I it's a fantastic album, by the way. You should all listen to it. I agreed with Rich completely. We very quickly decided we were going to do a rock band again. Now, we didn't even discuss getting Henry's Child back together, primarily uh, due to Doug, and I'll address that in a minute. Rich lived pretty close in Lebanon, and you were in Portland, Tom, so we didn't we didn't really consider even asking you in the band in the very beginning. Instead, I talked to my friend Quinn Cardwell. Now, Quinn, <laughs> uh, let's see, Quinn is my lovely ex-wife's oldest daughter's ex-boyfriend. Wow. And, right. That's and like I, a seven layers of Kevin Bacon. Right? A little, little bit, a little bit, and uh, I got him in the divorce, so it's, like, it's in the papers. And Wonderful. Indeed. Worked out for both of us that way. Well, I called up Quinn and said, hey, you want to uh, you want to be in a rock band with us? When I met Quinn, he was in an active band. And I'm sure he had his doubts about this old guy. And <laughs> I have my doubts about him, if he could even play. Listened to the CD, and I was impressed. He was, it's good. We went upstairs at my house and I had my acoustic guitar sitting there and I handed it to him, handed it to him and said, play something. And he did. It was good. And I said, well, hey, play something original. And he did. And I started singing a melody to it and we hit it off right away. We had a really good creative flow, uh, got together several times to write songs, good songs. A couple of them are on this album. One specifically was written with primarily with Quinn and I. Now it's morphed over time as the rest of the band influences it, of course. Be that as it may, that was the beginning of it. So he's an excellent guitar player and, and very, very creative, and we all appreciate that about him. Indeed. So we had Quinn, and we were going to practice in Quinn's garage in Eugene. We were going to have Rich play guitar, I was going to sing, and Quinn was going to play bass. Unbeknownst to me, Rich reached out to his good friend Tom and said, Hey, Tom, you want to play bass with us? It's going to be a hell of a commitment two hours one way to practice and two hours back. That's why I didn't even consider asking you. You have a family, you have a job, you're gonna spend all day Sunday every single week driving to Eugene for practice and it's literally gonna be all day. The Church of Reverend I-5. Indeed, and to this day I'm amazed because Rich called me back and said Tom's in. I'm still amazed. Why did you commit to that man? Because that's, that's a hell of a thing. To, that's to a, driving that far? Yeah, just for practice. I mean, just on the off chance that we'll do something. <laughs> we yeah. didn't even have a drummer, man. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I do remember several times in the garage without a drummer, tapping my foot very loudly. <laughs> yeah, that was good stuff. Well, to answer your question, Andrew, I mean, you know, playing music in Henry's Child does bring me absolute genuine joy. And the reason it brings me genuine joy is because Playing with you and Rich specifically is very, very much like a family. And being that it's like a family, one thing that I've noticed throughout the years is that both you and Rich have two core values that I really pay attention to. And those core values are we play for fans 
and we stay true to ourselves at the same time. And there's, there's a magic in there. There's something that exists when we write a song that's just different from other people that I've played with. And so it's, it's kind of hard to explain. By, obviously, that's my third click down, and I'm doing the pee-pee dance. So I'm like, it's just a belief I have, right? <laughs> I got it. Yeah. So what, what occurs for me is that it's very much like baking a cake. And I know that might sound kind of weird on the surface, but if you really think about it, what is cake? Well, cake is flour, water, sugar, and an egg. And if you gave me those ingredients, I might be able to make Play-Doh. I doubt it. I, I <laughs> well, the Play-Doh is the easy part. But in the hands of a skilled baker, those same four ingredients can be put in an oven and come out with this like amazing and wonderful concoction and being in Henry's child is kind of like baking a cake. There's just something that happens when those ingredients are put together that creates something awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. And feel the same way. I'm, I, I was tickled when you said yes, because I knew I know how you are around commitment. When you said yes, you, you looked at it very carefully, you constructed it in your life, and you followed through. More than once, we showed up at Quinn's house banging on his windows for him to wake up. You were already there. <laughs> Yeah, that is is true, yes. I know, I know. Well, okay, so at this point, we've got got myself, we've got Rich, we've got Quinn on guitar, which is great because that gave us two guitars, which changed the dynamic of the songwriting, and all of us really liked that. It allowed us to expand our palette, which is always something we're looking for. Then we had to get a drummer, so we got... Quinn's little brother Chris, a phenomenal musician in his own right and a, and a really great creative drummer, and Mnemonic Machines was born. We played, I don't know what, four shows? Three, four shows. Yeah, yeah. three, four mm-hmm. shows. We played in some interesting places. Uh, we played at the Black Forest for 40 people. We, we did play at the Black Forest. <laughs> um, and then, uh, good friends in Hiding Jekyll, Greg Gillespie, fantastic guy, offered us a show at the Well Hall uh, as support for his band, Hiding Jekyll. Uh, it was their CD release party. There were going to be a few bands on the bill, and we said, yes, it'd be great. Play a Well Hall show in support, and they'd be headlining. Well, we hadn't played the Well Hall as Mnemonic Machines no. or as any of those other bands nope. since since Henry's Child. That's right. So I think we we saw opportunity. We're right, like, be a lot yes. of fun. Right, get up like yes. that. Be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Wow. Well, what happened was mnemonic machines fell apart. In yeah, because musicians be musicians. In in bands, everyone's level of commitment to the music and how into the music they are manifests in their level of commitment. So how into the music the musicians are manifests in their level of commitment. That's the time commitment. That's you driving two hours one way mm, to mm-hmm. practice, right? Yep. And that's commitment. When people leave bands willingly, it's because they're not as into the music. It's, I know that's simplistic, but it's absolutely true. They're not willing to commit anymore. And that's what happened to Monic Machines. One too many practices got missed because that time couldn't get created. And we fell apart. Well, I'm not sure if it was Rich or Greg uh, yeah, I don't. I don't someone remember. floated the idea that Henry's Child should get back together and do a reunion show, 
Now, seemed like a good idea. I was by far the most apprehensive. Uh, now, Doug and I had uh, buried the hatchet, luckily not in my skull. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A couple of years before, I, I had my, yeah, I was in the inquiry of that, whether or not that would go well. It did. We did bury the hatchet. You reached out to him, or Rich did, and asked him, and Doug said yes. Yeah. So we looked at the time. We had six weeks, eight weeks. It wasn't long. It wasn't I, long. I think it was less than that. Yeah, I think I, it was like four weeks. I know. We had very few practices, but we got together, and we had played those songs hundreds of times. I mean, it really came back so quickly. We were all amazed, and it did. I mean, I remembered all the words. It was insane. But you play things, you don't realize they're locked in like that it was for the rest in, it of your was, life. It was incredibly effortless, and yes. somehow or another, those synapses in the brain fired. They, they refired, it, again. indeed. And we had a pause to like find like little bits of songs that we would remember, or solos and things like that. Yeah. But for the most part, I mean, it truly was effortless. It really was. It really was. You know, I've really tried hard to abuse my, my gray cells over the last 20 years, but apparently I, I hadn't disintegrated that part of me yet. Well... So the Wow Hall recommended to Hiding Jekyll and to Greg that if this is going to be a Henry's Child reunion show, that Hiding Jekyll shouldn't headline, that Henry's Child should. And Greg, again, he's a really great dude, understood and said, they're right. So we ended up headlining that show and voila, the reunion, the reunion show, I just did the air quotes over the podcast, that didn't really come across, uh, the reunion show was born. Now, I thought, 100 or 150 people would show up. I thought a bunch of our fans from 20 years ago would come out. I thought I was look, going to look into the audience and see a bunch of gray hair and pot bellies. People, so, so did I. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. I was excited for that. I was more than happy to play that show if those, those fans showed up. And I was looking forward to it. And what happened was the place was packed. I mean, over 300 people showed up. Yeah. And that absolutely blew me away. I did not expect that. Not at all. Mm -mm. What took it even further was looking into that audience and seeing kids, seeing teenagers, looking down at them and watching them mouthing along to the words of the songs. I, f I remember first noticing it in Failure. Now I thought, okay, you can pick up the chorus of Failure pretty easily. So they're singing along to the chorus. Got it. But then we go into pinball and they're singing those words. There's a lot of words in pinball. Yeah. And it really struck me that someone in their lives had, a, whether that's a father, a mother, a brother, an uncle, a friend, whoever, had given them our CD and that teenager had started playing it, loved it so much that they memorized the words to the songs even something as complex as pinball. So that might have been considered classic rock to them because, <laughs> <laughs> because at the beginning of this episode, we said 2017, which is the year we're making this podcast, is the 20-year anniversary sure. of Clearly Confused. And we're playing a bunch of mumbles and scream songs that came out in 1995. So now that's wow. 22 years old. Right. So that is amazing that those kids who weren't even born yet when those albums came out. It absolutely floored me. Yeah. It floored me. I mean, I, it's a memory I cherish looking down at that. And I remember after that show talking to everybody 
everyone, all of you hearing me and getting, getting present to that and how amazing that was. Yeah. And we all decided, okay, we'll keep playing. They keep showing up until something happens, you until, know, yeah. whatever yeah. that may be. Yeah. For me, it was the rush of emotion that I felt getting on that stage and seeing those people and even just as, as cheesy as it sounds, feeling the floor at the wow hall. It's very distinct. It is. Yeah, you're right. It hadn't changed in 20 years, <laughs> but, but we have. And yeah. so what, it, what occurred for me in that moment was thinking back to the, the girlfriends and the wives and the friends that we would have. And we're sitting there playing the same songs that we did at the time they first came around. To a packed house. To a packed house, looking out and seeing people singing, dancing, moshing, moshing. I know, I haven't right? said that in like 20 <laughs> years either. <laughs> and what came up for me was we've, well, we've done a lot of work over the last few years learning how to be very present and not being stuck in the past. And while those emotions did come up for me, they sort of came over me like a wave. Like I just sort of let the cycle occur that came up and it would just kind of crest and then it would go. <laughs> and there we were being very, very present to what was happening right in that moment. Exactly. That's, that's what those kids did for me. It really, I, I thought I was going to live in the past too. I even said gray hair and pot bellies. I thought fans from 20 years yeah. ago were going to be there, right? Yeah, that's what totally. I thought. All of a sudden, they got me really present to what the power of music has, our music has, not that it had 20 years ago, right? that it has right now, mm -hmm. which caused me to really cherish that and be in that moment. Yeah, it was an event for sure. You know, another memory I have of that show is The Drunk Guy, or rather oh, right. the story that you told me about The Drunk Guy about a week later. <laughs> right, The Drunken Do you remember fan. that? I do, vividly, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's a great memory. I, uh, I wish I had that guy's name. It was such a beautiful thing. Okay, so at every show, there are the drunken fans. And they are really into it after the show it's hand on the shoulder looking you in the eye really trying to relate to you how amazed they were at the show how great it was and how much they enjoyed it and appreciate you and now i am not making fun of the drunk fans i have been the drunk fan <laughs> i have been trying to espouse my love to a musician who i you know thought it's changing my life and They've been really great in indulging me while I did that. Well, we, we love drunk fans, <laughs> but that's not an excuse to get drunk at our shows. So if you're driving home, make sure you don't drink. Wow. But you should drink at our shows. A lot. Definitely. As much as you can. Okay. Uh, so this guy, hand on the shoulder, looking me in the eye, really trying to land something. I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to get his voice right here. It's like, oh, dude, you guys were so good. Man, I just, oh, I hadn't seen you guys in like 20 years. It's so cool to see you. Man, I, I got your album my freshman year in the dorms at the U of O. Fuck, that was so good. We used to open the doors to all the rooms, just blast it down the hallways. Best times in my life, man. It's so great to see you. Thank you so much. My response was, wow, thanks, man. That's great. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for coming out. And I think, 
I think I signed something for him and he staggered away. Mm-hmm. And it was great. It was fine. Little interaction. Cool guy, you know, drunk, but nice. And I had several of those that night, which is, again, I've been that guy. I got a lot of, I got a lot of patience because I understand they're, they're having a moment and they want to share it with you. Well, what struck me, a couple of things he said struck me, but not in the moment. It took me a couple of days. The first thing he said was, I got your album freshman year in the dorms at the ULO. We used to open the doors and blast it down the hall. Man, best times of my life. And I realized we all have memories and moments associated with music. And oh, ev- yeah. each and every time we hear that song, we are, we are vaulted back into our memory spatially temporally we are right there and it's vivid you can you can see it you can taste it you can smell it it's it's real and music helps just make that more vivid it's the soundtrack of our lives right i mean that's we hear these songs absolutely it took me a bit but i realized what he was telling me is that we had become a soundtrack of his life his freshman year at the dorms blasting the music it wasn't a. It wasn't an Alice in Chains album. It wasn't a Nirvana. It wasn't. It wasn't Paula Abdul or Tupac or anything like Paula that. Paula Abdul. I, <laughs> yeah, you went to Paula Abdul. <laughs> yeah. Who it else was, was relevant twenty years ago? It, it was the nineties. It was the nineties. Yes. Yeah, indeed. Just a little reminder. She was still making music then. Well, it wasn't any of that. It was us. We yeah. had become a soundtrack for him. Wow. That blew me away. It really did after the fact. And it was so strong for him that he needed to tell me that story 20 years later. In his interaction, his one interaction with me, that's the story he told me. That's how powerful it was for him. Wow. Blew me away. That's awesome. The next thing he said was, best times of my life. Hmm. So not only are we a soundtrack for him, we're a soundtrack to a cherished memory. Again, 20 years later, he felt the need to share that with me. 20 years from now, he'll still remember that. That we'd had that kind of impact on someone's life. I, I have those songs. I have those songs that take me back into places. The first time I remember singing into a hairbrush as a little kid was Another One Bites the Dust. I was 12. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And <laughs> little round hairbrush. I remember, I remember the orange carpeting. I remember the fake wood paneling in the living room, vaulted ceiling with wood. I remember my stepmother's amazing stereo, Marantz amp and two AR90 speakers. I cranked that thing all the way up. I have vivid memories of all those things because of that song. Yeah, to think that we had done that for somebody else really blew me away. It was a beautiful, wish I had the guy's name. I really do. It was fantastic. Those are the memories of the reunion show that I really cherish. Pretty awesome. You know, the kids and that fan, and it really landed that I want to keep doing this. I love playing with Henry's Child. Yeah, so do I. There you go. (laughs) Well, speaking of playing with Henry's Child, we hope that you enjoyed what you heard today. It wasn't a show, but it was a conversation. We're still still playing with you (laughs) as much as we can. The reality is, is if you liked what you heard and you want more stories and stories about music 
and stories about our songs. Yeah, and- so, yeah, more stories. What's going to be a lot of fun, what I'm looking forward to is on Facebook, the thing that got requested the most for, was for us to break down songs. What did they mean? It's true. How were they written? Any of that. And I thought that was fantastic. It was something I never thought of. But we got several requests, so I'm really looking forward to it. I think next episode we're doing I Will, right? That's right. We're that's going to do be, I Will next. That's going to yep. be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to that. So if you like what you heard, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play, whichever you use. And if you really like what you heard, please go to those uh, respective stores and give us a five-star rating so that we can keep getting these podcasts out. If you want to personally get a hold of us, you can write us directly over email at henryschild at henryschild.com or you can reach out to us over Facebook. Either way, we love suggestions and we love feedback. Thanks again for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. It came out my-